Everybody to WTL, where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm yours, Andy Class, and joined by Jabron. Oh, <laughs> the Parley Pounder. You got it. We're back. Wow. Yes, and you know, I, I heard there was a little bit of a football game this past yeah. Sunday, a, a televised one. The big one. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest of all time. Yeah, it was awesome. Beat out the moon landing as far as a live broadcast, <laughs> television broadcast event. Nearly 124 million viewers on CBS and then uh, about 1.2 million on Univision. Uh, two Over 2 million on Univision and then just over a million on Nickelodeon. Yeah, that's so, crazy. Start him young, right? Even even the kids were watching yes. oh, Slime Time. Over a million little Slime Timers out there. <laughs> I did see a couple of cutouts of the Nickelodeon broadcast. That was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know, SpongeBob and Patrick going nuts Commentary. there. Commentary. Yep. <laughs> that's, pretty... that's pretty good. No, that's, <laughs> uh, that's a good way to get them started and everything. But no, it was awesome. You could tell that uh, the NFL, I'm not saying it's rigged or anything, Andy, but oh, like boy. these are the oh, two boy. teams that everybody wanted to watch. Yeah, these yeah. are the two teams that had the, the biggest backing yep. Yep. and all with the Taylor Swift drama and all that kind of stuff. These are the two teams that were in the Super Bowl for a good reason. And I will say uh, Taylor Swift did have a lot to do with it. She did. She she, she bumped it. There was a big bump there. Uh, <laughs> got a lot of uh, female oh, for sure. know, uh, viewers involved. There. And I think it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, why not? It's an event anyway. Well, it's entertainment. It's always been entertainment. Yeah. You know, so what's wrong? The 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 reason that I'm saying it, it's crazy that it went over is because a lot of people, you know, that aren't really invested in the football game or whatever, uh-huh. they're there for those commercials, Andy. And yeah. I have to say, <laughs> I did not like the commercials this year. Oh. I didn't think any of them were good. No funny uh, I you beer were post, ones. I yeah. thought you were a Post Malone I guy. Am, but that's like the only one. You didn't like the T-Rex at the end there? That, none of it made sense. None of it made sense, funny? and no other funny ones except for the ones that they already put yeah, out on YouTube. Out. So yeah. uh, I didn't like them, but no, it was fun. The game was awesome. So yeah. and Usher was pretty good as well. Usher was pretty good, and Paramount Plus uh, with Patrick Stewart was yeah. was the best one. But yeah, everyone had had, had already, already seen, seen that. It. So what do you expect? Yeah, uh, viewership was up over seven percent from last year. Uh, just an unbelievable. Uh, what they were able to rake in uh, as far as viewership and, yeah. and what you can attribute uh, to the Swifties and other things. Um, it was just a perfect storm of, as you mentioned, the two powerhouses, the the reigning Super Bowl champs in Kansas City. Yep. Uh, now they're a dynasty. I don't think you can argue that. You can't. Uh, it being in Las Vegas. You really upped it as well. A lot of live betting in the yep. stadium. Broke records there. First time that was really available <laughs> like that. Uh, and you had a, a a team right outside of Vegas in the 49ers. For sure. Huge fan base And already right one there. of the biggest brands yep. in football of all time. Yep. And uh, everyone, everyone thought that, okay, maybe San Francisco has a better roster, 53-man roster. For sure. Okay. Uh, and every metric you looked at, the 49ers deserve to be a one-and-a-half or a two-point favorite, which is where they ended up being at kickoff was that two points. It yeah. stayed right there. However, the stupid betting public <laughs> just couldn't get off of Patrick Mahomes. For sure not. 69% of the money and 62% of all bets wagered were on Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, and here I got a great quote from <laughs> Caesars vice president, Uh-oh. Craig Mucklow. 
said, I knew we were in trouble when Mahomes got the ball last. <laughs> and yeah. That's what everybody was thinking. <laughs> That's exactly what everybody was thinking. But yeah, no, it it, it does come to show you how tight those these lines are that they put out there and how invested they are in it. Yeah, yeah. Andy, San Francisco was up three points in both the end of the fourth quarter and yeah. the in in overtime as well. So like yeah. you can tell that that line is yeah. probably correct. Right. But yeah, do right. not give Mahomes any time at either end of the fourth quarter or give him the ball in overtime after you've possessed it. <laughs> yeah, you know, since 2005, the favorite to win the Super Bowl entering the playoffs yeah. and then made the Super Bowl, every time that that team has made it to the big game, they have won it every single time. Three Ooh. in a row. Uh, that was the 2013 Seahawks, 2016 Patriots, and the 2023 Chiefs. It would have been four in a row. Yeah. But the 49ers just couldn't seal the deal. Yeah. Uh, we, we can hash it over a little bit, but uh, I really feel like the inexperience, uh, coaching especially, For sure. uh, really showed there in the overtime period. Yeah. I mean, it, you just can't sugarcoat it. You can't sugarcoat it, Andy. It looked, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense that you'd give Mahomes the ball last. And uh, they, they won the toss. They could have. They could have done opposite of what they did. Yep. Made Mahomes go out there and score first, and then give Brock, you know, freelance over, you know, the of overtime. But it just didn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I don't want to stumble across it anymore. It's what everybody's been talking yeah. about this whole week. So, uh, yeah, it just it just sucked for the 49ers, But you know, you you're know, the best for a reason. And Mahomes was a playoff favorite in 13 straight games. It was one shy of a record set by Peyton Manning being a favorite. 14 games in a row in yeah. the playoffs. Oh, now Mahomes has covered four of the five times he's been an underdog yeah. in the playoffs. And we just talked about that stat a couple of weeks ago where he is 10-1-1 as an underdog. As an underdog. <laughs> as that, a starter, yeah. Make, make that 11 or 12-1 now. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you ha- Everybody was talking about it before the lead-up. Like, why is he, yeah. you know, why is he the underdog? Why is he the underdog? It's because the San Francisco team was that good, and they had the, you hey. know, better players all together, but... When it comes down to one or two, uh, and the one or two are you yeah. know Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, it's gonna that's it's gonna tough. work out in that, your favor usually. That's pretty tough. Uh, and the 49ers, it's tough for me to feel bad for them. They were favored yeah. in all 17 regular season games. They were also favored in all their playoff games, yeah. including the Super Bowl. So you take that in consideration. I think they had a pretty good season. They had a very good season, Andy. And guess what? Guess who the NFL odds champion is next year? Uh, let me guess, 49ers? The San Francisco 49ers <laughs> at plus 500 there we right go. now. So I don't feel bad for them still. Never too early. Yeah. Uh, how, how about, uh, let's go over, you know, we always talk hits and misses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you put a lot of parlays out there. That I was did. a lot of fun. And I know you came out on the better end if you just um, – Put $25 on each one of those parlays or $100 on each yeah. parlay, you came out with plus money. Yeah, for sure, Andy. Uh, I posted my War Horse ones out of the Lincoln yep. uh, Casino uh, Sunday morning. And uh, yeah, I put $100 on these tickets. I mm-hmm. I hit one of them that was worth 140 So like you said, I was in the green. But it's a lot of fun just sweating those bets. The one that I did hit was the over on Patrick Yards, 239 and a half. He went way over that. Yeah. Uh, Patrick 
over one and a half touchdowns. Obviously, he got the second one yep. in overtime, so that was obviously a sweat. And All then right. Travis Kelsey over 64 and a half yards, and you, everybody knows that Travis smoked that. Oh, my God. He had a monster of a game. Yeah. And I thought maybe his most important play was the final play of the game where he was the decoy. Just, yeah. Just drug those defenders into the middle of the field with them, left Hardman wide open mm-hmm. in the corner. You know. <laughs> I, I, one thing about Travis, I, I had to – I, I was so against everybody else that was watching the game with me, Andy. Everybody's like, he can't push Andy Reid like that. He can't do that. He's losing his cool. I was like, no, this is what you want from your best players, Andy. Mm, okay. He is bringing the yeah. energy. He yeah. is literally telling everybody, I am the man. Give me the ball. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Give me the ball. Well, and on that play, he was saying, I would have made that block. Yeah. And he would have been, yeah, he would have got the corner. Exactly. You know, that's just, what he Just was get him in the one. game, get him in the play, get him, get yeah. him in the positions, put it on his back. And they did, and they won. I know one of your multi, uh, going back to your, uh, your parlays. Yeah. One of them was contingent on that over, and yeah. I was hammering the under. Yeah. And yeah, man, yeah. I, sh- I shouldn't have got it. I shouldn't have cashed <laughs> it that under. It was a sweat. <laughs> yeah. But I got that 47 and a half thanks to a kicker from San Francisco <laughs> missing a PAT. Yeah, Andy. No, that that is crazy, <laughs> Andy. Like like you said, my big ticket one out of Warhorse would have got me 200. Uh, I had the McCaffrey over on catches, four and a half. He yep. went way over that. Got it. And then the Travis, uh, I had it again, over six and a half catches there. Yep. He yep. smoked that. And then the Pretty last bad. one, over under, 47 and a half. Where does it land? 47. 47. So, no, you're not going to hit all of them, obviously, when you're playing parlays and stuff, but it is a fun sweat, especially if you don't, you know, bet outside your means. And I did take a bunch of uh, prop betting sheets to yeah. my Super Bowl party. We had a good crowd, good group, a lot of fun. <laughs> um, beer was flowing. Oh, yeah, um, have Nebraska to. Brewing Company, give them a shout-out a little later here. Yeah. Uh, but congratulations to a Mr. Tom Kappas. Woo! Uh, out of the 20 props on this sheet, he nailed... 14 of them, wow. including MVP winner Patrick Mahomes. He also hit the under, Lock. Chiefs winning. Uh, would either team score during the last two minutes of the fourth quarter? Give me yes. a break. Like, yes. like, that was really... Uh, Thumbs up. I, I don't think anybody got the Gatorade right. Purple. No, that was tough. Whoa, where'd that, that come tough. from? It, it is, uh, you know, it it just happened. Uh, I saw the two guys going for it, and it was. I was just hoping it was red, but it was not. One that uh, that I was telling everybody hit the over, hit the over was number of passes attempt, yeah. number of players to make a pass attempt. Oh yeah, we said it yes. last week on the pod. Two and a that's, half. That's a good one. Friggin' touchdown. And if you <laughs> and if you had uh, a player other than Mahomes or Purdy to throw a touchdown pass, that was like crazy plus. It, it was, was crazy like, plus like money, but like, <laughs> and that play probably shouldn't have went for a uh, touchdown. touchdown but but when did. when you get McCaffrey in space, that's what happens. Oh, yes, and uh, how about the, the first one I was off to, uh, I thought I was really sweating it, uh, length of the national anthem. Yeah. Oh, my God, I thought she was just burning through that, burning through that, and then she held the last, like, two or three notes, like, had a pause really in between long. there. And it smacked that over for it me. It did. I thought, oh, no, I'm off on the wrong foot already here. <laughs> uh, but Reba came through in the clutch for me. I was able to get that over. The, the, those are the crazy <laughs> bets, Andy, that I have such a hard time putting money on. It's the coin toss and the national anthem because I don't want to be down so much before, <laughs> before the kickoff. kickoff even starts. So those are a lot of fun to do, and everybody's tuned in early to watch all that stuff. But those are very hard ones, especially uh, if you lose them. I just think we, I, we all threw in five 
five, maybe ten bucks per uh, per prop sheet. Yeah, winner take all. So that's it was just, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was just fun, and then throughout the game, keeping track of them. No all. doubt about it, Andy. <laughs> well, let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. We've been enjoying a Bavarian wheat beer known as the Eos. The unfiltered Eos is a fresh, sweeter-style Hefeweizen thanks to its notes of vanilla and nutmeg. Nebraska Brewing Company, world-class in every glass. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm yours. And D. Klassen, and I'm joined by Jabron. Oh, the barley <laughs> pounder. You got it. <laughs> All right. Well, so we recap, put a bow on the 23-24 football NFL yep. season. Now it's time. It, March Madness is right around the yes. corner. Yes. They're talking about it. They're talking they about talking it. They are talking about it. I'm seeing all those Ken Palm stats. And, yep. And Joe Lenardi's showing up on ESPN, ESPN it's Sports the Center now. So I think that's where we need to put some focus on right now. And we got a trio of Saturday ranked matchups. Every single one of these teams is ranked. And we're going to start with a 2 o'clock tip-off on Fox. Yes. Big East Prime time, number four, Marquette, taking on number one, the Yukon Huskies. Oh, yeah, and it's in Connecticut. Yeah, Andy, this is freaking awesome. This is two of the best teams, uh, two conference rivals going uh, against each other. Not only that, Andy, two of the best point guards in the nation going Mm head-to-head here, Andy. Two of these guys have just been named uh, six best point guards of 2023-2024 by Dick Vitale on ESPN. Tyler Kolvik. Kolek from Marquette yeah. averages 15, 4, and 7, Andy, uh, with two steals. And then Tristan Newton for UConn averages 15 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. Uh, this is just going to yeah. be, you know, the New- best basketball that you can get for your buck right now. Newton also averages about 7 rebounds a game. He's just ridiculous yeah. how how good he is. Uh, and then you, you mentioned Kolek there for the Golden Eagles. Over 7 assists a game. Exactly yeah. what you want from a point guard. And, oh, by the way, the Huskies also have another guy that averages 15 points. Yeah. Gets a lot more headlines, Cam Spencer. Yeah, I was going to say that Tristan doesn't even average the most points, but I think that yeah. that is what he's talking about here, yeah. Andy. And like you said, the reason that he's so good, Andy, is that tall uh, playmaker. He's over 6'5 yeah. and can score in a variety of ways. And Tyler on the other side, Kyle Kolek, is, I think he's a bit too unselfish sometimes. And, uh, you know, well, I think he can I mean, score the ball a lot better. He, I mean, he is a point guard. He's yeah. Trying to distribute. I understand. And uh, what a weapon to have an elite scorer scorer like that. Uh, A number that just kind of jumps out on the uh, when you're looking at the stat sheet and everything else. uh, Field goal percentage for the UConn Huskies. They are eighth in the nation. (laughs) It's crazy. They might not take a lot of shots per game. But when they do, they count. Yeah, and Andy, uh, both these teams shoot extremely well. I mean, you can just look from the winning streak side of things. UConn uh, winning streak of 13 right now, and you can te- that is so hard to do in this loaded Big East schedule that they're yeah. in the middle of right now. Yeah. And on the other side, Marquette winning streak of eight right now. So yeah. that is crazy. During conference play, you look at their last five. Both of them have pretty much played the exact same teams, and 
it's been the exact same uh, outcome both times. Uh, yeah, they're both riding a five-game, six-game winning streak right now. <laughs> UConn just taking care of business last night. Oh, trouncing. Yeah. <laughs> George, 89 to 64. They just took it to old Georgetown. Uh, and more can be said for uh, the, the Golden Eagles. Uh, you know, they, it wasn't as lopsided, but they played a lot better Butler team. Yeah. Got the better of them, 78-72. to 72. Oh, yeah, and uh, who just smacked? UConn just smacked DePaul last night. Yeah, DePaul, anybody oh. that plays DePaul, they can just put a W Jeez. in their win column. 0-13 in conference. So that is the, the bottom of the barrel for uh, the Big East. But, no, I believe UConn will come in here probably about a three-and-a-half-point favorite for – at home, yeah. uh, this is going to be really good basketball, Andy. I do believe that UConn is going is the better team, got the better playmakers, and uh, I do believe they'll cover at home. Yeah, that was a UConn uh, coming off the road out of Chicago, beating up on DePaul, one hundred one to sixty five. Yeah. You got to assume they would carry that momentum home to them. One of the no doubt one of the best environments in. Uh, college basketball there up in <clears throat> Connecticut. Uh, and I'd have to agree with you. I like UConn, too. Love yeah. the Golden Eagles and what they've done, their body of work. But I like the home team when it comes to Big East play. Number one in the nation for a reason. They do yeah. not want to give up that number one spot in the Big East, which Marquette is right behind them, behind them two games. All right, let's talk a little Big 12. Yeah! Rock Chalk. The number 6th-ranked Kansas Jayhawks are heading on over to Norman, Oklahoma to take on the 25th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners, who yeah. are sitting on a 18-7 and record. However, they're sitting 8th in the Big 12. They're having a great season, <laughs> uh, but it is tight yeah. in the old Big 12. Well, it's crazy. Yeah, we're doing a little prep for this, Andy, and I'm looking down the Big 12 standings. I don't get to Kansas until number five. <laughs> so that's pretty crazy to see that. Uh, one and a half games back only, obviously. It's really, really yeah. top-heavy yeah. right now. Yeah. But, yeah. no, you you look at the Sooners, and they're having a very good season, like you said, with a great record. And you kind of, I think you got to feel kind of good about yourself with this Kansas Jayhawks team coming in, losing their last two home game, uh, away yeah. games to Texas that? Tech yeah. and Kansas State. Mm-hmm. A couple inferior opponents, I would say, for the Kansas Jayhawks. So, yeah. I really like Oklahoma's chances here, especially if they're getting plus you know, plus points if they can cover. I I do believe yeah. Kansas will still have will still be favored in this game. So if you can get some plus two and a half, plus three and a half action for Oklahoma, I might jump all over that. Boomer sooner. It's going to be McCullough Jr. versus McCollum. Yeah, Javen McCollum, the leading scorer of the Sooners. Uh, two primetime scores, both averaging over fifteen a game. I think McCollum's actually uh, sneaking up on nineteen and a half, twenty points per game. Yeah, uh, and man. Uh, you're trying to find an edge, look at you know different types of metrics, different types of stats. <laughs> These two teams are just, they mirror one another yeah. as far as uh, season stats. Yeah, the, yeah. you look at the team stats, it's all all across the board very good. The only thing I do give Kansas a lot you know, an advantage on is Hunter Dickinson, the big man in the middle. He will pull, yeah. pull down a lot more boards than anybody else on the court. So yep. if he has a big day, Kansas definitely has a chance. to. I'm not saying that they don't have a chance to win this game. Of course But if Hunter Dickinson has, has a big game, look for the Jayhawks to roll. Uh, uh, case in point, what I was making there, they both average 33 rebounds yeah. per game. Free throw percentage, both at 74%. Three-point percentage, both at 34%. (laughs) Field goal percentage, ooh, Kansas has the edge. They shoot 50% from the field. And the Sooners uh, shoot a lowly forty-seven percent from the field. Yeah, so no, it, it's it's straight across the board. Uh, yeah, the only thing I'm hesitant on the Jayhawks is they just took a shellacking to Texas Tech. Yes, 
29 point loss on the road to yeah. the Red Raiders. So I, I if they're still wallowing it a little bit, you know, in, in in their feelings a little bit heading into Norman, this could be uh, a little bit of disaster for the Jayhawks. But they'll probably bounce back. Bill Self doesn't stay down for long. You know, you talk about the Jayhawks being fifth in the league in Big 12 play. I, it finally feels like. Uh, you know, you talk about a big-time ship. It, it yeah. raises the tide for everybody. It kind of feels like Kansas has finally done that in the rest of Big 12. I don't want to say they caught up, yeah. but by looking at these stats and where they're at, it kind of looks that way, like everyone's finally uh, risen to the level of Kansas right now. It, it really does, Andy. And then bringing in a, a, you know, a, a basketball mm-hmm. powerhouse like Houston as well, yep. another yep. big chaser for everybody. Yep. Ranked uh, third in the nation. It, exactly. The, it, it's a somebody that Kansas has to be kind of one-two with yeah. if they want to be able to get one yep. of those number one seeds. So it's going to be very hard for them to be that high right. this year. They're going to have to go on a, a streak right here and, and finish the year out very good. One more season stat to give you an idea of just how close these two teams are to one another. Total points scored, Kansas, 1,925. <laughs> the Sooners, 1,917. Wow, that is almost <laughs> impossible. But I was no. looking at this, I'm like, is this for real? <laughs> it's going to be a really good game. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, go Sooners. All righty, let's move on over to the SEC where it just matters more. It does. <laughs> On the football field? No. I don't know. No, on the hardwood. There we go. 5 o'clock tip-off on ESPN. The 22nd-ranked Kentucky Wildcats taking on the Auburn Tigers, who are currently ranked 13th in the nation, uh, riding a 20-5 and overall record. They're third in the SEC. Yeah, Andy. uh, It seems to me that the Auburn ranking is about to shoot up majorly. They just Uh, took down... Uh, number 11 ranked South Carolina by 40 points just, on Wednesday night. Just yeah. demolished them. And if they, can, if they can get another ranked win at home against these Kentucky Wildcats, yeah. they are in the top 10 and thirsting yeah. for a huge ranking in March Madness. And, you know, I see all these crazy headlines and everyone's getting all over John Calipari, like always. Like I'm always. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, they must be having a terrible season. No, they're not. They're 17-7. No, yeah, 7-4 and four in conference. Like, what are we talking about? It's just not. It's they're just up not, and down. They're it, a little up and down. They're not 13-0 and in conference against the yeah. SEC, which, you know, in years with Anthony Davis, Julius Randle, although sure. Devin Booker, they Sending would be. seven guys to the league. Exactly, That's they would ridiculous. be. This is still a very good basketball team, and this is no way, shape, or form a cakewalk for Auburn. I'm just saying if they can somehow figure out how to win this game, mm-hmm. Auburn is going to be propelled into the standings of not only the SEC, of the nation. Well, don't you think Auburn's going to be the favorite here? For sure. At least three. It's at least three to five three. points, I would say. Uh, the thing about you, uh, Kentucky is they still score a lot of points. Yes, That's they what do. they do. Yes, That's they all do. that they care about. Almost putting in 90 points a game, Andy. The thing that they lack is their defense allowing hey. 80 points a game. Hey. We're talking about defense. Exactly. Coach. We're talking about defense. And that's the biggest <laughs> thing in this game that stands out to me. Auburn only lets people yeah. score 67 points a game. It really is going to be strength on strength. Kentucky's right now 10th ranked yeah. in the nation as far as scoring points. Already poured in over 2,000 on the season. Yeah. No, I, I love this matchup. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I do think Auburn can hold home court advantage here and in, in probably cover if it's that three-and-a-half to four-point range. Well, and I want to go back to that initial point you made. Yeah. Uh where they beat South Carolina by 40 points, 101 to 61 at home yeah. Wednesday night. Uh, South Carolina is 11 spots ranked higher than Kentucky. 
No doubt about it. They're 11th in the nation, and Kentucky's ranked 22nd. Rankings aren't everything. They I aren't get everything. It. I get it. They aren't everything. Uh, but it just shows you what that defense for the Auburn Tigers can do. And, oh, by the way, they scored north of 100 Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they scored a lot of points on Wednesday night. Can they do it against uh, Kentucky? It seems like they're going to be able to. Uh, I like Auburn in this one for sure, Andy. I really do, too, and I think their rebounding might be the difference here. Yeah. Uh, they got more rebounders. They got more guys that are getting after after it, yep. and it comes from that defense. I just like, it, this seems like a team that's going to be there at the end, Andy. Yeah. Maybe a Final Four, Elite Eight kind of team. I really like this team to come out of the SEC number one. Yeah, if you're looking at futures right now for a Final Four appearance, Auburn's starting to really climb into those rankings if you're looking ahead to that. A plus 380 right now. Well, Very good. You heard the horn. That means we're up against it. So let's take a quick minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Stock and Rod Company, an outdoor lifestyle brand for those seeking adventure. Whether it's hunting, fishing, hiking, they got you covered. Visit StockandRod.com to get your wild game on. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. You know what that stands for. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Glass, and joined by Jabron. Oh, the parlay pounder. <laughs> yes, sir. And we got to get back to Anaheim, California, yeah. to the yes. Honda Center, home of UFC 298. Woo! I can't believe it. This is a stack. It's Every, awesome. Everyone's talking about 299 and 300, rightfully so, but <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at this car. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, no, Dana is loading them up one oh after the other. One after the other. These, are, <laughs> This is so good. Uh, they have so many fights here, they can't even put them all on the main card, Andy. And we're going to start buried uh, on the main event card here, yeah. uh, but Mareb, number two contender yep. in the Bantamweight, uh, taking on Henry Sudo, the yeah. number three contender. Sudo, <laughs> Henry Sudo. Yeah. The loudmouth little guy double that champ, beats, double yes, champ, double champ. Uh, the only guy to ever have a gold medal in the Olympics <laughs> and also a belt or two in the UFC. UFC champion, the only yeah, it's guy crazy. On, in the history of the planet, Henry Sudo, <laughs> is buried on this card, and he's also an underdog at plus one sixty-four. Yeah, Andy Henry Sudo, if he wants to be a champion in the UFC again, like you were just saying, he has to beat Marab mm-hmm. at UFC two ninety-eight. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Or butts about it. Yep. Uh, the Olympic gold medalist has lost two straight after a three-year retirement. It would destroy the value he would have to claim with yeah. this promotion. Far less likely to put him in matchups to lead to title opponents. Unfortunately, Andy, it will be very difficult for him as an yes. underdog for good reason. Yeah. He, he, he Marab may not be as gifted as his teammate Aljamain Sterling, who beat Sudo in May, yeah, yeah. but his relentless style and endless cardio-driven wrestling is a serious weapon, Andy. I mean, he's a minus 200 right now, kind of yeah. consensus across the books. He has 61 takedowns in the Bantamweight, and that is a UFC Bantamweight uh, record. No yeah. one's even close to that. He's the only fighter to ever land 10 or more takedowns in four separate US UFC bouts. Yeah, Andy, and th- these both of these guys are fighters that can go five rounds. This is only a three-round fight, so yep. I expect these guys to come out really, really crazy at the start of this fight because both of them have such good cardio that yep. it's going to be. I think it's going to be a crazy fight, Andy. Uh, however, I think Suhudo is such a. He's. I think he's a smarter fighter. Smarter fighter, elite grappler in his own right. Of course, I look yes. for Marab to 
choreograph a takedown that Triple C sees in advance, lands a fight-ending strike in the final round. I like Henry Sudo to win this by TKO. <laughs> give me the money. Give me Sudo. Give, give me, me the, the money. Give me the American. Give me that plus money. Let me see it. Well, all right. With that in mind, let's talk about another plus 200 underdog guy yeah. from the United States. That's Jeff Neal. Number eight ranked contender out of the welterweight, yeah. taking on the Irishman, Ooh. Ian Gary, who is currently ranked 10th. <clears throat> he is your minus 250 favorite. Yeah, Andy, following a dominant win over Neil Magny in his last fight, Ooh, Irish prospect yeah. Ian Gary is back and gets another big test on Saturday in power puncher Jeff Neal. MMA Mass says it should be easy work for Gary since Magny uh, was a win over Neil. However, the American is... You know, he's a, he's a very lively underdog here. He, uh, he's a huge power puncher, hands of steel, is a talented striker who is often underestimated, Andy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, come I, on, Gary yeah. is 6 and 0 in the yeah. UFC. Yeah. Uh, lifetime in the MMA, 13 and 0. He lands 57% of his significant strikes. He is strikes. the prospect. I mean, my he god. He is the prospect. He, he has that one punch power. Dudes, this fight could easily end in a shocking finish for the underdog, but however, Andy, yeah. expect Gary to use his size and varied striking style to get the victory. I like him to win by TKO. I'm going to be putting in that in my parlay at the end of the segment. All righty. Hey, we're talking about uh, Sudo and how he needs to get right. Let's talk about another guy, Robert yeah. Whitaker, the number three contender out of the Let's middle weight, is taking on Paulo Costa out of yeah. Brazil, who's ranked sixth in the world. Yeah. He is the underdog at plus 170. So you do have Robert Whitaker as a, a little bit of a, a heavy favorite here. Yeah. I'm seeing minus 200, 205. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably where he should be. Another. Uh, uh, another big fight for Robert Whitaker. If he wants to stay among the elites at middleweight, He's Andy, he really winning. needs this win yeah. against Costa in 298. While he is still, you know, quote unquote, in his prime years, Andy, sure. he has a lot of wear and tear on his body for being 33 years yeah. old. That's why this fight. Style bender. Yeah. It, it, I think this is a line in the sand for him in his career, Andy. If he wants to move past this, he has to get this win against Costa. Fortunately for Whitaker, for him, you know, as dangerous as Costa is, this is a good matchup for yeah. Whitaker. He is a better technically and has the better fight IQ where mm-hmm. he should be able to keep his distance, break the Brazilian down, and even land some takedowns. There will be a scare at one point with a you know a huge shot from Costa, but I like Whitaker to push push this guy to the limit okay. and finish him late. I like Whitaker. Give me Whitaker. Yeah, you better look out for Costa. Uh, oh yeah. Twelve of his fourteen career victories have ended by stoppage. Eleven of those were by knockout. Yeah, no, he is the man. He has heavy hands swinging, but Whitaker. If you think about Whitaker, he fights big people like this, big names. He knows how to protect himself. I think Whitaker gets out of here with uh. With the win and moving up the ladder a little bit. All right, should we talk about the main event? Let's go! Here we go. Alexander Volkanovsky. Yes. Another guy out of Australia. What's with all these Aussies? Uh, going to Anaheim. Okay. Yeah. Anaheim's the place to be, right? I guess. I mean, he is here. Minus 112 favorite. Yeah. Taking on Tapura. Another man out of Georgia, and he's the number third ranked contender in the featherweight title bout. There is so much going on here. Yeah. Um, both of these guys are at minus money right now. Yeah, Andy. There's not a plus money bet you can make on this championship bout. No, there's not. I mean, if you get into method of winning and all that kind of stuff, obviously sure, you get sure, plus sure. money. But yeah, no, yeah. this is this this Tapura character, I don't know if a lot of people know about him. This is a fascinating matchup. Both have risen, risen to the top of the division by being impressively well-rounded fighters, yet there's a big uh-huh. difference between the two. 
for her experience. Sure. For as good as Tapir is, his resume still isn't at the level of Volk, obviously. But uh, on the flip side, Andy, he's fourteen the, and zero. On the flip side, Andy, <laughs> the Spaniard is nearly a decade younger and fifteen fewer fights mm-hmm. on his body. This very much feels like Andy what we've seen with other legendary fighters yeah, yeah. like Volk, yeah. where time eventually helps the division catch up. Right. Volkanovski has shown signs of being human in recent bouts, and time catches up with every. Legend, Andy. Oh, yeah. Uh, El Matador, on the other side, is hungry, confident, and seems on the type of run we expect to end with a belt around his waist. While Volk is, you know, I think he's, you know, he should be the favorite, Andy, but look for Tapira to test the wear on his opponent's chin, and eventually I think he finds a weakness this TKO, Tapira. Oh, <laughs> going TKO. It, it has to be. I mean, um, yeah. We talk about this every so often, yeah. uh, how uh, one guy has to cut way more weight than the other guy, and Volk <clears> here <throat> has to cut a lot more weight than Tempura. Uh, Tempura weighed in at 146, <clears throat> Volk at 154. Yeah. So I think it was more of a struggle for Volk uh, to get down to that featherweight uh, weigh-in than it was for Tempura. Tempura is also a little younger. He also has a greater leg reach. You're yeah. not putting much stock in that. You still like... You still like the old boss here? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I like Tapira, I, I do, and I like Volk as well. But Volk just tried to go up, and you know, the the next yeah. level tried to do Makachev, yeah. got kicked in the head. Only time I've seen him ever knocked out. You know, yeah. I, I know he has been before, but he got kicked in the head. I just don't see people recovering from that very well. Yeah. I believe he gets TKO'd again, loses the belt. I, I don't know what's it. What's left for Volk to prove, but after this guy, you know, TKOs him, it's going to be tough. Well, in the featherweight, Volkanovski's still riding an 11-fight uh, winning streak. Yeah, no and that's the longest active streak in the division. He's the longest, legend. Yeah, he's the lo- legend. Longest there's ever been. So now that he's back at that featherweight, uh, you got to think good things might follow. I just think that Volk, at this point in his career, I think he thinks that nobody can touch him in this weight class. Yeah. I think this Tapir is going to t- prove him wrong. I think Volk's Ooh. walking in here saying, I-, I have this division. I can win a fight down here whenever I want, and then I'll jump back up and, and try and get another belt. He wants to be double dub- double champ. He's going to have yeah. zero belts at the end of this fight on Saturday. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Mr. Parlay Pounder. You've yeah. got to have a parlay play. I do, Andy, and I'm going a little more safe on these picks, obviously. Okay. These are these are my parlay <laughs> plays. And what I like to see here, I'm 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 round I'm starting with Robert Whitaker just uh-huh. to win the fight at a minus two fifty. I believe okay. it's a very good parlay piece. I believe he's gonna be able to stop Costa's big shots and, and get a win there. Okay. I'm adding that with Ian Gary to win by KO, TK or DQ. Uh, that's at a plus 250, so it ramps up that value, Andy, because is. I do believe Ian Gary will get the knockout. Yeah. My last piece, Andy, I got over three and a half rounds for Vulcan Tapira. I think it gets to the fourth round, maybe even the fifth before a TKO happens. The over three and a half rounds is at minus 135. I think it's a very good parlay piece. Yeah. I'm, I put all three of these together for a plus 752 parlay, putting $25 on it to win 213. There we go. 213. You got that one big plus money bet in there. Not it's not out of line. What you said plus 250? But plus 250, yeah. Ian Gary, I think go. he's the I think he's the best one to put a knockout on this this card. I think he's gonna do it. He's he's climbing the ladder. He's going to do it. And I really like the, the the title bout there. You're going over three and a half rounds. This is featherweight. 
Yeah, you know, and that's they're notorious for for going sure. The distance. And, and the and these guys, I know that they do have a little bit of knockout power and everything, but Volk by trade yep. pushes these fights to the end. You can look at all the Holloway fights, all that kind of stuff. They all go the distance. Right. I like over three and a half, and I love the value at minus one thirty five on that bet. Get that ticket in now, folks. Let's do it. There we go. Take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. World class in every glass. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm here. Andy Glass, enjoyed by Jabron. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the Paul You got it. We back. <laughs> and we talked a little NCAA yep. basketball. We got to talk about some in-state teams yeah, and let's local do it. Big Ten teams as well, because we got a full sla- sa- sa- Saturday, Saturday slate. Saturday slate. Yeah. <laughs> Ready uh, for uh, the listeners here. And let's start with the 20th ranked Wisconsin Badgers. Head on over to Iowa City to take on the Hawkeyes. Hawkeyes just took it on the chin uh, last night, falling to Maryland. A game that they were winning on the road in yep. Maryland at College Park, 78-66. to uh, They're going to be back at home here, um, but Iowa's currently ranked ninth in the Big Ten. They're 14-11, and 11, yeah. uh, and Wisconsin's coming to town. This is a tricky one because Wisconsin, they've lost four of their last five games, but they are coming off a close victory, 62-54 over Ohio State. Yeah, Andy, uh, this, that Ohio State team is a team that both Iowa and Wisconsin has beaten recently. Uh, the thing that I kind of look at Wisconsin, yeah. ever since Nebraska beat them, Andy, in overtime <laughs> at Nebraska, <laughs> they lost road games to Michigan, which is at the bottom of the Big Ten, yep. at Michigan, and then at Rutgers, which isn't much better with just five conference wins. So, yeah. Andy, that kind of gives me a little bit of inclination that they are not playing very well on the road right now. Uh, Iowa, on the other hand, has just beat Minnesota at home and Ohio State at home. So uh, yeah, it just seems yeah, that yeah. Big Ten teams are having a very hard time winning on the road. Winning on the road. It's yeah. just not Nebraska, folks. It, it seems that everybody in the middle of the pack in yeah. the Big Ten is having the same problem. Yeah, for Wisconsin, their their biggest problem is scoring points. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, they have a tough time scoring points, where Iowa, that's not a problem That's whatsoever. what they do. They've already eclipsed the 2,000-point uh, mark on, on the season. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, we got Chucky Hepburn. We always bring him Chuck. up. Chuck. Uh, he leads the team in assists, which point guards should. They should. Nearly four a game. But I'll tell you what, Tony Perkins of Iowa leads the team in assists. <laughs> And, and points. Yeah. He scores 16 a game while also putting over four assists in. The thing the thing I've found out about Chucky Andy, I think they play so much better when he is aggressive to the hole. Yeah. If, after it. if he is going and looking for points, I think they are su- such a better team. And sometimes he just doesn't do that. So uh, I-, I like if I was getting five points here, Andy, or yeah. you know, even upwards of six to seven, just because there's just because Wisconsin still has that uh-huh. ranking by their name, yeah. I might hop on the Hawkeyes here to stay with them a little bit. I still believe Wisconsin probably wins this one late. Looks a lot like that Nebraska game, but it it turns out for Wisconsin. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for Wisconsin to get too many points here, just because of the great point you made earlier, as yeah. far as. Uh, road teams are having trouble in the Big Ten. It's not just Nebraska. It's not just Nebraska. And and Iowa's done a fine job defending home court. Yep. If you get too many points, uh, 
with the Hawkeyes take it, I still do believe the Wisconsin Badgers win the game. Uh, okay, fine. I agree with you. There you I, go. I agree with you. Our first Big Ten <laughs> game there. That That is a one fifteen tip-off on BTN. Yeah. Should we move on over to a game on Fox? Let's do it. That's going to be an eleven thirty tip-off, and that is your home state, Woo! University of Creighton Blue Jays out of Omaha, ranked 17th in the nation. Yes, sir. Taking on Butler, heading on out to Butler, where Butler's sitting pretty good, too. They're fifth in the Big East with a 16-9 and record. Record. Uh, Creighton obviously coming off a fantastic yep. game. Uh, Baylor Shireman, we <laughs> the former Aurora Husky, put yep. in the first triple double since 1985 for the Creighton Blue Jays. Crazy, Andy. No, that ba- is crazy. No, Baylor had just been playing out of his mind right now. Uh, for a lot of national awards. Exactly. Watch I, this. I think he's, yeah. yeah, he should be in the conversation for a lot of those. I think this team. Act, has a very good chance of pushing the postseason, playing very, very good basketball, yeah. Andy. Yep. Um, they just did lose to Butler um, three, four games ago at home by one. By one, very good game. I expect about the yeah. same amount of intensity in this game. It's going to be very, very close. So if we're getting points on the Jays side, mm-hmm. I am definitely hopping on that. It, it, probably a two and a half to three point favorite for the Butler Bulldogs at yeah. home. I'm jumping all over Creighton if I'm getting points. If you're getting points with the Blue Jays, you like it. Another common opponent that they've recently played back on February seventh, Creighton lost to Providence, yeah. ninety-one eighty-seven on the road. At home, Butler just beat Providence February 10th, 75-72. to So it's so close. It's so stacked It's up. so stacked. That Providence game you're talking about with Creighton, that went into over overtime yep. in Providence. Yep. Uh, Creighton had so God. many chances to yes, win that game. Did. We were watching that yep. game. Uh, and like you said, they just Butler just beat them by three at the end of the game. So, at home. No, this is a, th- these are two very good teams. There's a reason that they're going to be at the top of the Big East when it's all said and done, Andy. Uh, but no, give me Creighton if they're getting plus points. Uh, um, definitely take a look at that money line because Creighton could run him out of the building as well. Uh, yeah, that's that's just the thing. Like you, you wouldn't be shocked to see Creighton pop off and Trey Alexander pour in 15, 20 points. Yeah, uh, Kalk Brenner pour in fifteen twenty. Baylor Sharman does what he does, averaging yes, eighteen on the season. Yep. If all three of those guys are clicking like that offensively, look out. Butler won't be able to keep up with them just due to the firepower. Exactly, and everybody's you know talking about. You know, creating this, creating that, big offensive guys. The defense is really good. Yeah, it really is at times. Yep. Only only allowing seventy points per game. If they can keep this uh, Butler Bulldogs team down a little yep. bit, I do believe Creighton has a very good chance of winning this game. We've already played them. Yep. We know what they're doing. I like uh, McDermott to come up with some way to get this win. So give me the Blue Jays, especially if I'm getting points. For me, it's been really fun to see Creighton kind of turn the corner and turn into a defensive team. They're yeah. 29th in the uh, nation as far as rebounds per game Boom. goes. Uh, and that's just unheard of, or it was, as far as Creighton. And I, I might, might have made it sound like I don't believe in the Butler offense. No, I do. Oh, for sure. Um, they're... Uh, here, here's a comparison where Creighton's 24th in the nation, scoring um, Butler's 30th. Yeah, so right I there. mean, yeah, I, I mean, I just you just know that the three-headed monster of Shireman, Alexander, and Kalkbrenner, when those three guys, those three, yep, the are core, all, yep, are, are are popping off, and they ran a nice graphic uh, about them uh, on FS1 uh, a couple games ago, like. Uh, they're basically when those three guys undefeated. Yeah, yeah. When those no, it's what it is. Game, if they all yeah. three come to play, they are very hard out, and I believe they will be a very hard out come March Madness time. But give me the Jays here. I think they go on the road and get the win. 
Uh, I like that, and uh, it's wishful thinking too. So there we go. Hey, I'm a I'm a Jay Skur heart heart and heart. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, okay. Let's let's focus on the Skur <laughs> part of that. Let's go. Home game. Yes. Eleven o'clock tip. BTN. Penn State. The Nittany Lions are coming to Lincoln, Nebraska, where Nebraska is sixth in the Big Ten. Yep. Seventeen and eight overall. Seventeen and eight overall record. Uh, so many things up and down type of season, but it's pretty uh, black and white. It's home and road. It, it's and it's, it's home, home and road, Andy. It's, it's at this game is at home. Yeah, this is awesome, Andy. Two back to back Saturday games for the Huskers in Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, it was uh, it was ecstatic in there last Saturday night against Michigan. I was in there. The place was rocking. Tominaga yeah. was just going off, getting the crowd going. Yeah. It, it's so much fun when these guys play at home. And I don't believe that they're going to stumble to this team. Yeah. But you kind of got to look a little bit, Andy. Recently, Penn State has road wins against Indiana in Rutgers, so they yes, can they play on the they road do. a little bit, Andy. Yep. So you you can't take these guys lightly, but I believe that that atmosphere in Nebraska at Pinnacle Bank Arena is too yeah. much uh, for these for these people to come in. So yeah. I, I really like Nebraska. They'll probably be about a five point. Uh, you know, favorite, favorite here, yeah. and I would expect them to go way past that. Yeah, you you went over a lot of things there. Uh, first off, last Saturday that was awesome. I watched the yeah. game on TV. You were there, sending us you know live pictures and videos. That was cool. <laughs> Barely got by the Wolverines by twenty seventy nine yeah. fifty nine a victory. And then last night, Wednesday night, Nittany Lions, Penn State actually lost to Michigan State yeah. at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think the the rest factor uh, at home Saturday it's going to be the Pinnacle Bank. The vault is going to be filled up. It is. It's going to be energized. That crowd was awesome for the the women's game against Iowa for sure. Earlier in the week. We that, we, we just want something. Protocol. We just want something. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a hilarious that's video not by the way. Uh, yeah, I crazy. Mean, when you get to throw a little shade at the Iowa coaching staff, whether it's women's basketball, men's football, whatever, you gotta, we'll take anything yeah, at this point. <laughs> but no, uh, I re- I just really like Nebraska at home here. We still will have to get a road win at some point to get in the tournament. Right now on ESPN, we are still one of the first, uh, one of the last four teams yeah. into the tournament. We can really bump that up with a road win here in the next couple weeks. We got Indiana, we got uh, Rutgers coming up. So I, I just do believe that Nebraska it should take care of business against Penn State. But the next road game is really what we're looking at. Yeah, they got us. Uh, what the projection that our brother texted us? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's a Kansas Jayhawk fan, huge basketball guy. Whatever. But uh, <laughs> he, he actually has Nebraska getting in as a ten seed yep. and scoring off in the first round against the two seed Kansas in Omaha. How much fun would that, that be? That would be crazy, and Kansas does not want that smoke. I'll they, tell you that they do not. And there we are. We already talked about a couple segments ago. Kansas has kind of been playing up and down. Yeah, you get the home crowd in Nebraska. They would Woo-hoo-hoo. not want that at all. Be a lot of red in there. You know, and we we talk about the bias, and we were talking a little bit uh, heading on over to the studio. Um, that Creighton game earlier this week against Georgetown where yep. they just spanked the Hoyas. Yep. You know, they Hoyas need to get it turned around here. Only one conference win. Yep. Uh, but they put a graphic up there uh, showing their Ken Palm stats and, oh, this is why they're good for a four-seat or higher. Yeah. They had Nebraska listed as a quad one win. Yeah. So how are we making a, how are we making the case for other teams, for but other Nebraska teams. can't get make a case for themselves? Yeah, it's really tough, Andy, because <laughs> what is going you, on? you do have huge wins over the likes of 
Purdue and Wisconsin. Number one. Number one at the time. Number six. And, and then number six at the time. So, But you still have to get these road wins to to promote <laughs> yourself. We, yeah. we Everybody sees the potential in Nebraska, including voters and yep. all that kind of stuff yep. for the NCAA tournament. But you still have to go on the road to win, yeah. even if it is Omaha You know, in the tournament. Yeah. They would still count that as a road game. So, yeah. no, uh, we just got to get these road wins at the end. We got three left. We need to get one at least. I would say probably two to be safe. Well, the here and now, I really like the idea of Nebraska covering a four or five point point yep. spread. Uh, the strength of this team um, is their rebounding and defense, and it's not a strength of the Nittany Lions. They are ranked three hundred and thirty fifth. Yeah, rebounds per game, where Nebraska is a respectable eightieth. Um, and at home, it's a whole other animal. It's a different animal. Give me the Huskers at home. Yeah, especially the way that Alec has been playing for the Huskers. Yeah, yeah, big time, like big time motivator. Get Sam in there, getting rebounds. Yep. And then uh, our big guy, Mast, he, yep. he is going to eat in this one. Yeah. As long as he stays aggressive, I wish he had Tominaga's aggressiveness. Right. Because Mast can yeah. take over a game whenever he wants to in yeah. the paint. It's just pushing him to do that. Yeah, yeah. You kind of got to pull it out of him almost. You do. And he leads the team in assists. Yeah. He also no, leads the team in rebounds. He like is the best player yeah. on the team, yeah. for sure. It's just kind of got to pull that out of him. Yep. But when Casey's hitting, which he's going to be on Saturday night, goodbye, Nittany Lions. GBR. <laughs> Go Big Red. Well, that'll about do it for us this week. But be sure to follow us over on ESPN, Tri-City Radio, and their Facebook page, and also our Twitter handle and our YouTube channel. If you haven't already subscribed, please do. We love the interaction and Obviously, it's grown the channel, and it allows us to to grow and get more stuff out there. For sure. And make sure you check us out on TikTok, WTL Sports Betting. Make sure you just type that in. You'll find us in front of big primetime games like we were just talking about Nebraska Creighton. We will have the lines out there and telling you which way to lean. And you are firing them out before the Super Bowl. you got to assume the same is going to happen on this. Uh, really a super Saturday as far as college basketball. A lot of sports. A lot of sports. Love it. For Joe Braun, the par, lay, pounder. I'm Andy Klassen. Thank you for listening. This has been WTL.